welcome to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Martin Thomas. Join me and my guest speakers as they discuss the journey they've had with their own voice, as well as light bulb moments, stories, and personal wisdoms. Vocal Freedom is a bi-weekly podcast raising awareness about vocal health and well-being from members of the voice community. Welcome to the Vocal Freedom Podcast. So I'd like to share with you before I introduce my guest this week that when I was a kid, my favourite TV show was The Kids From Fame because those kids got to sing and dance and break into song and they just felt like they had the best time at high school. And I realise it's not what real life is like, but I was about 10 years old when I was watching this show. Um, and then, you know, cut to me in my in my 30s, then I got into Glee, which was another American show based in a high school where the main focus are the uh, the Glee Club kids who are the singers, dancers, actors who want to be on stage. Now, because that was me, because I related to that, I just looked at these American schools and thought, wow, they have the best clubs. They have the best, you know, people all coming together to produce these shows. And, you know, all right, we had musicals in my school, um, but it wasn't like that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think if I could have chosen at the time, you know, when I was a, um, a young person, uh, a different road for myself, I would have loved to have moved to America and found one of these glee clubs and just joined in. I would love that. Anyway, so my guest this week is a young woman I find truly inspiring who got to be part of these clubs um, having trained at University of Southern California and being involved with a cappella choirs and theatre groups. And everything was going really well until, unfortunately, at the age of 21, after really long rehearsals, Alyssa's voice and life changed direction. But she's been living such an incredible journey of recovery and in that process has learned so much that she's now sharing with fellow human beings um, as a vocal health educator, voice and presence coach. And she works primarily with actors, CEOs, presenters, as well as Broadway singers. And aside from her interest and, and specialisms within voice, she's an entrepreneur who's formed her own online community and uses her expertise for good to help others reach their full vocal potential. We very much speak the same language. I was so excited when she agreed to have an interview with me. Alyssa also has her own podcast, which I encourage you to check out and follow her for fantastic ways into joining her voice community too. She's also, very excitingly, uh, busy recording her own album this year. So I can't wait to post links about that when it becomes available. So without further ado, I welcome my guest this week, Alyssa Weinzimmer. And I'm going to kick off with my first question which is, how would you describe the journey with your voice so far? I've actually been thinking about it lately and it feels like a mountain. You've climbed <laughs> I've had one. a visual of it. Or maybe it feels like a valley, but something that goes up and down or down and up, something where I've come in a certain way, full circle back to where I started. So something I've been talking about over the last year that I really wasn't speaking about the same way before that because I didn't remember is when I was a, well, in, in the US, we would say a, like in third grade. So when I was in grade school or elementary school, yeah, um, I used to spend my recesses, my lunchtime out in the very far back corner of the field with a friend 
we went back there and we would sit and and we were we were writing songs. We were writing these like hippie woo-woo spiritual songs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we were walking around and um, singing to the grass and the sky and the trees. And there were these blackberry bushes back there that I really liked. Yeah. I actually went to go visit last year. They're still there. Wow. And yeah, I went. I went back to I went back to my old haunts. And um and so that's um that was my initial experience of my voice before anyone taught me how to use it. I mm -hmm. was using it in this kind of spiritual way to express myself and and liberate myself. And and then and it almost feels cine cinematic to me when I describe this. I have this vision of being like sucked into the music classroom, okay, which was actually my fifth grade classroom. And my music teacher in, in elementary school was, um, I mean, she chose me as a favorite in fairness, but she was very, very supportive of me. And um, I started to learn do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Mm -hmm. And I started to uh, learn rhythm. I remember like clapping and learning rhythm. And at the same time, I was also starting to do theater camp outside of school. We were putting together these like kind of cute, irreverent musicals. Lovely. But so in, in other words, I started getting trained about how to use my voice. And I don't know if someone said this to me or if it was just the implicit message that I got, but it was, okay, all of that stuff you were doing back on the playground was weird and fake and abnormal. And this is how you're actually meant to use your voice. And so I spent years then staging up through middle school, through high school. I think it was even in middle school that I did my first professional theater, musical theater production and um, through college, just all of those years taking singing lessons. Um, I dabbled in the direction of potentially becoming an opera singer. Ultimately, I was super drawn in musical theater, but my opera singing teacher, my first voice teacher, um, who I took lessons with every week, she wanted me to be an opera singer. So she wouldn't let me belt. So then I would like go like secretly belt. And yes. then I was pushing and doing it in not the healthiest way. Um, and by the time I had gotten to my senior year of college of university, I had really I, I think two major things had happened. One, I had come to absolutely intertwine my identity with my vocal abilities. My voice was my was me. Yeah. My performing abilities were me. And the second thing is I was pushing. I was like very deeply in this pattern of pushing, pushing in terms of time. Like I remember in, in college, I used to finish music rehearsals, like musical rehearsals at 10 PM and then like walk as fast as I could over to acapella rehearsal. And we would have it from 10 PM to 12 AM. Oh my word. That's what we did. We did it. Yeah. We had it after theater rehearsals so we could fit it in. That's and it crazy. was insane. It yeah. was absolutely insane. So I was pushing in terms of time. I was literally pushing my voice all day long, every day, the quality of sound that I was producing was pushing, pushing across the board. Yeah. And then the rupture moment occurred when I lost my voice when I was 21. And that's a dramatic thing to say. I understand now that I had a vocal hemorrhage, that my muscle tension dysphonia had reached a point that it just clamped. Yeah. It tightened. And also acid reflux was at play in the situation as well. And so it was a perfect storm. I lost my voice. I 
shut down emotionally. I had very few tools to process what had happened to me emotionally. So that took me many years to process. Um, and I, I stopped using my voice and I felt like I had lost my identity. And so if all of that brought me, let's say to the top of the mountain or maybe to the bottom of the valley, the journey since then, which interestingly enough, I'm at a point in my life now at age 30, 35, it's been 14 years since I lost my voice. Um, I'm at a point where um, it feels like I'm starting to get back to where I was when I was, you know, eight, nine, 10. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So it's been, my journey with my voice has been this like, you know, build up to a rupture and then the recovery process since then. And obviously there's lots to say about the recovery and I think we'll probably talk about it. Yeah. Yes. You've had this, um, you know, tragic um, experience when you were 21 to have, to have lost your voice in that way. And I can only imagine um, how devastating that must have been if you felt in that moment that maybe the career you were striving for uh, wasn't going to happen. If, you know, it's quite scary. Did you use it for a number of weeks in the end? It was kind of quite a break. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know for sure because I went, I went directly to the laryngologist and was put on vocal rest immediately. So I didn't even try to use my voice okay. for four weeks, wow. um, hardly at all. I did a little bit in fairness. I was in a production of Angels in America that <sighs> I didn't have to quit because the performances were after the four weeks. Ah. So my permission was to say my lines during rehearsal. That's all I spoke for four weeks. Wow. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think in reality, like my voice was probably really, really intensely injured for a handful of days yeah. and then it started to get better. But because, and this took me a long time to understand, because muscle tension dysphonia, because muscle tension issues were the main culprit of what was happening, it also took me months, years after the event to get my stamina back. Yeah. So it's really hard to say, I didn't keep like careful records. Uh, and I realize now that the reason I didn't keep careful records, in fact, I have journals from when I was in seventh grade, but I cannot find, I, I actually did finally dive into my journals and try to find anything I had written during this period of time. I stopped writing uh, in like 2007, 2008. I basically didn't write in my journals. And when I did start writing again, I started writing about boys. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I shut down so completely, so deeply. I think I dissociated so fully mm. around this question that um, I didn't even begin to process it for years. Yeah, that's that's a t is that it's a real tragedy to go through. So, mm -hmm. what do you, what have you learned about your voice that you wish you'd learned sooner? That's a great question. Um, that my voice is a living, breathing transforming part of my body, just like any part of my body. Yeah. I think on some level, like I'm thinking back to the days of standing on the risers in high school choir or, um, you know, standing in the circle at 10 30 PM yeah. <laughs> the rehearsal. Um, I think I thought my voice was something static and something that I had, like I could shape it and mold it. And I was shaping and molding it into something that then would be the perfect thing that I could take everywhere. And when I graduated from my undergraduate degree, I could go audition on Broadway and I could get the, like, I think I, th I thought of it as static. Yeah. And I realize now, and this is very much 
deeply ingrained in how I teach is that every morning we wake up and we have to ask ourselves, like, how am I today? Mm. Are, is my thoracic spine tight today? Is, is my neck not moving well on the right side? Like so many, and by the way, those things are happening <laughs> in my body today. Those are my <laughs> examples for a reason. Um, and, um, and then I ask myself, okay, what do I need? And so what that's brought me to in terms of my teaching approach is both it's not cookie cutter. It's not do this same sequence of exercises exactly the same way every day. It's not mm -hmm. that. And also it's brought me to a place where I understand and have compassion for the fact that my progress with my voice is two steps forward, one step back, four steps forward, 17 steps back. Okay. Like it, it, it fluctuates. Yeah. I am, I am a living, breathing human. And my voice is a living, breathing part of my human structure. Yes. My voice and my body are one thing. Yes. And that's your voice body and connection. <laughs> and my company is and called voice body connection. Ties in <laughs> so perfectly. And it's great. I mean, in a way, you know, this is the vocal freedom podcast. So you can kind of see where I'm going with that too. Um, my, my concept of what, well, actually, let me ask you that. What would your concept of vocal freedom be? To me, vocal freedom is being able to make the sound that I intend to make. So I think that is, and, and that means that I have to be dialed in to my intention. I have to know what my intention feels like in my system, where it's coming from in my body. A lot of times it's our gut or it's our heart, or it's like, you know, these parts of our body that we say, like, speak from my heart, speak from my gut. Um, so when we learn a song, let's say, I know for instance, um, and Jason Robert Brown has actually been my teacher. So I can <gasps> say, um, yeah, oh I know it's exciting. Gosh, that's I actually, exciting. when I lost my voice, I was in Jason's class that semester at USC and I couldn't sing. The whole oh, semester. It was painful. That's tragic. I had to watch everyone else sing and I couldn't get up. Um, but okay, so hi, hi, Jason. So Jason knows that I've like, I had like a battle with, I just wanted to like conquer for a long time. I wanted to be able to like belt with freedom, the high notes in, I can do better than that from the last five years. Right. Yes. And, um, if I like listen to Sherry Renee Scott, sing it over and over and over and emulate what I hear and try to try to like pin down that song the perfect way. That to me is not vocal freedom. Yeah. That is copying Sherry Renee Scott Absolutely. or when I was younger I used to copy Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston like and I used to think that that was how to sing I really did I thought that that was and now I realize that vocal freedom is making the sound that I want to make through my voice in this moment yes yes I completely vocal freedom is completely to me. agree with you when I work with um, teens and obviously a lot of them want to go into the West End because we're you know kids want to go into into that life I never wanted to go into that life. I will just share with you because that life's hard. That that life is, you know, I wanted a, um, I wouldn't say an easier life. I still think that my life is, I wouldn't say I've got an easy one, um, but I went for the family and kids and run my own business route rather than, I don't know. I always think, I think of it as quite lonely um, because I think the connections between the actors are great, but it's the touring and, you know, maybe just doing the same job every day. Maybe that's what didn't appeal to me when it came to theatre. I think I'd, I'd, I've done theatre runs for a week or two weeks when I was growing up. That was kind of enough for me. 
It was always like, I was kind of like sad that it ended, but excited as well. Like, oh, I don't have to do that again tomorrow. Great. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. Well, and here's something I've been thinking about lately, actually, as I, as the world has, is changing and has changed. I, and, you know, as we were saying before we started recording, the West End is currently shut down. Broadway is shut down until 2021. Wow. Um, I have been thinking about... So ultimately when I lost my voice, I decided not to go down that route either. Mm. I went, okay. And there was some part of me that already, even before I lost my voice was like, I would rather be behind the table making the decisions about the artistic process than in front of the table, begging you for the job. Um, there's something that's been off if I'm being totally honest about how we create commercial pieces of art on this yeah. planet. And um, I don't think I'm like shocking anyone by saying that. And especially I have a lot of friends involved here in the US in the We See You Watt movement, which is We See You White American Theater. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about social justice and racial justice in the theater and how we can be anti-racist because the theater has been racist yeah. extremely. And, and if we look at ways that like theater has upheld capitalism and white supremacy, I think as we dismantle those things, we can also ask the questions about like, what is actually a creative way to sh share a story? Um, and, and anyway, long story short, this is kind of, I mean, I, this, this could be a whole podcast in and of itself, <laughs> Okay. but I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I didn't like the, the way the construct existed before, like, thank goodness I lost my voice. I didn't really want to be like getting up at 5am to go audition for shows and stand in the long line, et cetera. Mm. But I do still want to be on Broadway. I do still want to create shows. And I, I think there's maybe other paths to those pinnacles of um, creative success as a performer um, that all of us are going to get to create right now because everything's up for question and everything's up for grabs. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. So you can get your voice heard in many a way yeah. these days. Yeah. Like, for instance, I haven't actually shared this really publicly at all yet but I'm recording an album for the rest of the year that's so exciting yeah what are you saying, what like are you started saying? happening I just have been writing so many songs wow. and one of my like I call the people around me currently my pod like the people in my pod right um one of my pod people Sean who lives right around the corner who also edits my podcast um is a singer and, a, and a produces music and I was like Sean can we just start recording songs I mean we're here can we can we do it and he's like sure so I don't so know, cool. like, it's going to be my first, I never thought I was even going to make an album. And yeah. now suddenly I'm like, well, I have more than enough songs. So and you, yeah. And you've, you've, you've got something you need to say. You've got something you, exactly. you need I have to something share. I express. Yeah. So who knows what comes next after like, I take that step because it feels right. And they take the next step. Who knows? Who knows what comes next? Absolutely. Oh, you must. Yeah. I'm, I keep an eye on everything and share everything when things come <laughs> out. You. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Well, so what's your music like? What, what's your inspiration and, and what's the style? What, what are you singing like? It's, it's picking back up where I left off when I was nine years old on the playground. Oh, proper. So, and your, you know, themes and is, is it quite a spiritual kind of thing then or? Yeah. 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 So um, I also, in addition to teaching the classes as part of Voice Body Connection, I now have a community. 
um, that we meet for warm ups four times a week. We have um, group coaching sessions, and then we also I've started having concerts once a month. Amazing. And so I'm actually playing um, my music at the concerts, and other people are sharing their voices. And uh, yeah, it's like one could call it sort of kirtan esque in the sense that I play a harmonium. So it's kind of like kirtan, and then some of it is kind of like. I, I, when I was younger, some of my work was that I would lead kids sing-alongs. So Aww. like some of it feels like single sing along, <laughs> like kitty stuff, but like for adults and, um, yeah, it's, it, it like varies in, I was actually another one of my collaborators. I was playing some music for yesterday. Cause he might contribute a cello line on one of the songs. He was like, well, if, if those two songs can be on the same album, then great. Yes. <laughs> when I played two sets. So yeah, it's kind of eclectic and very eclectic. And um, yeah. That's, that is amazing. I'm, I'm very, um, <laughs> you know, again, I think maybe, maybe I'll have a similar journey one day, but I'm not looking to write an album, but I, I did write songs when I was a kid. I did, I wrote a lot mm. of songs when I was a teen, but I just put the pen down a long time ago and I've, I've been preoccupied with other things and haven't gone back to yeah, it I, hear that. I don't know yeah, it's if been I would go so back. surprising to me this mm. is so surprising to me if you had told me six months ago that I was going to start recording an album I would have been like with, yeah. with what songs yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then it all comes flooding out it's amazing yeah, it's so bizarre yeah so what do you find now the most valuable tool in caring for your voice Alyssa do you have a particular mm. routine or or things that you you know want to share you know, it's funny that I, yeah I have I Literally, as soon as you ask the question, an answer flashed across my mind. It's kind of quirky and irreverent. Sleep. Okay, <laughs> great. Yes. Rest then. Yeah, sleep. Yeah, what I'm saying is rest. So, um, I mean, and also I have like a list of 20 other answers to that question. But um, so something that I've been intertwining into the way that I teach voice is uh an understanding of how the human nervous system works. And the deeper I study somatics in the human nervous system and specifically polyvagal theory, the more I come to understand that our voice emits most freely and easily from a regulated nervous system. And there are lots of ways to regulate our nervous system. Regulate meaning um, bring ourselves up into a full state of presence and in, as opposed to fight or flight, as opposed to collapse, mm. freeze. Um, and I think what I'm, I think something that's becoming clear to me in the middle of quarantine and the pandemic is just the ways in which still, even after I lost my voice, you know, when I was 21 and was pushing so hard, of course, there have been these ways in which that pushing has persisted in my life, this running myself ragged type of energy. And I'm coming to a deeper negotiation with myself than I ever have around um, just letting go of that because it's simply not sustainable. Yes. And so finding ways to prioritize the state and quality of my pre presence in my nervous system before I start doing any exercises, before I start, um, you know, releasing the tension in my shoulders or vocalizing. Um, so some tools that I teach in class are alternate nostril breathing, which is something that comes from yoga. I teach um, like a, a, an approach to understanding how the full body is involved in breath support. But really like part of the reason I say this on a podcast is 
it boils down to like, if, if you're not feeling great, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Start there. Recover. You know, what does our body needs need to survive? Our voice needs that to survive too. So the yes. first thing that would kill me is if I stopped breathing. So something that's going to reset me is breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next thing that would cause a problem is food. So let me make sure I'm nourishing myself well. And I think maybe sleep would enter the fuel category as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And then water and, um, or I guess I would put water before food. So, um, we can literally be like, Anything we would ask about what I need for my survival, your voice is also going to need. So that makes so much sense. Of course, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. we do, we do, but people don't think about it like that, do they? We get really caught up, um, up in our head about like, God, I just can't hit that note. This is so frustrating. My th- shoulders are so tight, and and we don't calm ourselves back down to the level of being like, what do I as a human need right now? Mm to get back to center. Cause I'm not going to solve any of these problems out on the periphery while I'm spinning. Yes. So what do I need to get back to center? That sense of groundedness and mm. balance. It makes perfect sense. Okay. I've got a twofold question for you now, my darling. So I love a twofold question. I'd like to know, because I really do not know the answer to this question at all. Um, what voices inspire you and who could you never tire of listening to? Gorgeous. <laughs> the voices that inspire me are the voices that feel resonant. And when I say that word, I mean it on every level. I mean that they resonate with me. They vibrate the cells of my body and, and the space between me and them. And, um, I have this tool that I joke about sometimes that I call the truthometer, which is that if I'm listening to someone and what they're saying feels true, it feels free, it feels like it's coming from intention, then it's like ding, 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 high on the truthometer. And if it's low, then it, it kind of feels like wah, wah. <laughs> um, so, um, so there are so many voices that feel high on the truthometer for me, but I'll, I'll just kind of share some of the ones I listen to most frequently. Um, one person that comes to mind immediately is Barack Obama and Michelle. Yeah. Um, another voice that comes to me is, uh, and I'm thinking of speaking voices first is, um, Oprah is Brene Brown. Um, I forget DeRay's last name, but I went to this event where Brene and DeRay spoke about social justice. And it's like, I just want to be in those rooms where I can feel the ringing resonance vibration of truth and expression. Um, And when that comes to music, uh, I think that they're, especially in pop music, we can get used to the idea of like things feeling curated, but I think the reason we resonate with someone like Adele, who incidentally has also had voice issues, is because she's like really doing her best to come from this deeply intentional place. Yeah. Um, so I love listening to Adele. Um, and unexpected voices, like someone that comes to mind is like going back in time, Melissa Etheridge, or um, I mentioned Whitney Houston before. Um, there's a beautiful band that I love called Moonchild that I oh. could just listen to on repeat. They're kind of like jazz-esque and um, the main female singer's voice is like luxurious. 
I'm studying and listening to a lot of classical Indian music right now, a lot of wow. like rogs. Um, so, and, and I really like could never tire of being in those worlds because a rag, like for those who don't know is there's like a specific scale that sets the vocabulary. And then within that it's improvised. Wow. And, um, it, and that I'm actually studying singing like that right now. And it's been so transformative to approach technique from a totally different lens. And, um, yeah, it, it expressive sound. Yes. I will never tire of in any yeah. genre. Get you right here. Yeah. So what even um actually I'll just like brag for her right now. I haven't <laughs> spoken to Cam in a long time, but there's a very popular here in the US and probably all over country singer named Cam, C A M. Okay. And um Cam was actually in my high school a cappella group with me. Oh wow. In Northern California. And I just remember actually I've got to say this to her in real life at some point. I remember, um, you know, cause I was at that time, like trying to really fit into the molds and, um, be like play Adelaide and guys and dolls. And Cam was like doing these things, but also clearly forging her own path with her music. And now it's been so amazing to watch her explode and expand. And so many people resonate with her because she's, she's been singing from her intention ever since I've known her, which yeah. is high school. So yeah. yeah, when you see that artistry in young people, it's quite, well, it's really inspiring. I work with a couple of singer-songwriters at yeah. the moment in their teens who they are just doing it. They're just they're just speaking their truth. They're just writing their music. And yeah. it's all about um, what the message is that they want to put out there. And I, maybe they don't quite know what that is yet because they're so young, but they're at least flexing th those muscles, right? Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. impressive. I didn't know what I was looking at back then. I didn't, no. under, I was, I was confused. I was like, why are you not trying to get this role in the musical? <laughs> yeah. um, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So I'm going to, so Moonchild, I've not, I've got to be honest, I've not heard of, but some of, some of oh, the, um, I think you'll love them. I will look them up. What would be a good starting song having never heard of them before you go, right. That's the, that's the one I that, remember. that you love. I literally, this is one of those things that I just like put on their album and I'm like, listening to their album and you love so every song remember yeah just listen to the album from, yeah. the, from the top through honestly it's a really beautifully crafted album it's called voyager voyager lovely i'll put a little um mm -hmm. link to that so people mm -hmm. can look them up because it's always nice yeah. I, lo I love finding new artists and listening to new things and mm. if it resonates with you i'll probably yeah, like it <laughs> mm -hmm. i imagine i will okay so have you had any sort of light bulb moments in your career i'll make this a little bit meta so in addition to studying voice and being a vocal health educator and a singer, I'm also like deeply in the bones of me an entrepreneur. I love being an entrepreneur. I, um, it's part of the reason that I run my own business instead of teaching at a university. Um, cause that was the path, you know, that kind of was laid out for me from graduate school. Like this is where you will go. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, this also goes back to like very early days. I remember, and, and this again brings in elements of like the hippie child stuff because <laughs> I grew up near Berkeley, California and I made my mom drive me to um, these like kind of apothecary shops where oh. I bought coconut oil and beeswax and essential oils so that I could make my own lip balms and body sprays all natural. This wow. is in like 1997. <laughs> so how old are you now? Like 13 or something? I was, yeah, like 12 or 12 13. 12 or 13, yeah. and, wow. I, um, and I sold them to my like fellow uh, 
my fellow students in middle school. But uh, so I've always been an entrepreneur. I just like love the idea of making something and selling it. I love it. It's amazing. And <laughs> thanks. So one aha moment that I have had over the course of time is if we're talking about this pushing habit, which has, you know, caused, caused me my vocal challenges is the thing that I've been winding my way out of. At a certain point, I caught myself doing the same thing inside my business. Yes. Yeah. Working really, really hard. Pushing content out, like really focused on getting the stuff out without paying as much attention to how it was landing. Yes. And so a massive um, shift for me in the success of what I'm offering has been coming into balanced full presence around not only the content that I'm teaching, but how I'm teaching the content. Yes. Yeah. Like I can't bombard you with everything I know mm. as a student in week one. That's yeah. not going to work. Right. And I can't bombard you with marketing information telling you, you have to do this. It has to be your choice to show up. Yeah. So, um, this ties into, and I bet you've heard me say this, the thesis statement that I say over and over and over and release your voice class, the vocal health class. Um, I'm going to teach you a bunch of exercises this semester is often what I say. Learning all of the exercises and doing them every day is not what is going to heal you. How you do the exercises is what is going to heal you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely true. How we do something is as important or arguably more important than what we're doing. And that's the aha moment that I've had at every level of my practice personally, as a teacher, as an entrepreneur, how I do the thing is more important even than what I'm doing. And that really does bring you into a presence when you even think that way that's that's a great way to get to yeah. keep yourself in that um frame of mind really clearly that's really cool so I've enjoyed your podcast brilliant I haven't seen I haven't listened to all of them and I haven't done any live stuff with that you've offered and I apologize at the moment it's just been manic as you know um you do not have to apologize <laughs> I'd love to, love to tune in every week I do get your emails because I'm like oh I'm gonna listen to that one quite often you're under my pillow it's probably not the safest place to listen to podcasts but when I go oh, to funny. <laughs> When I go to sleep, I often go to bed a lot later than my husband and he's crashed out and the dog's between us. We've got a very little dog called Leo and uh, he sleeps on the bed. I know it's awful. Before I got a dog, I said, oh, there's no way I would do that. That's so disgusting. And then I just fell in love with this little dog. And he sleeps on the bed. Yeah, except I know. when he gets sick of me and then he goes to his own bed. But yeah, yeah. I don't have any issues with that. <sighs> Thank you. I, I fear judgment from people. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't really care. So anyway, Leo's, <laughs> Leo's really happy. Okay, so actually, quick, quick interruption. Come on then. <laughs> that was freedom of speech. It was. It was. It was like, I, I know some people find that icky. I thought I was going to find that icky because Leo's our first dog. We've never had a dog. We've had children and they have their own rooms and their own beds. And obviously, you know, they have cribs and things when they're kids. But, you know, anyway, so I'm, I'm just like, well, if we get a dog, the dog sleeps in the kitchen. That's what people do. They put a bed down for the dog. Well, the dog on the first night cries and mommy, you know, and oh, gosh. So I slept downstairs with the dog. Anyway, I'm not even going to go into the dog story. But basically <laughs> the dog, the dog's now part of the family. and is more attached to me than anyone else in my family. 
But he's not here. I've sent him out with my husband and my children because I was like, I don't want him barking through the podcast. It's so embarrassing. So, so Leo, Leo's there. I go to bed and and I go right. Okay, I'm I'm ready to sleep now. I'm gonna do some meditation. I put my music on, and I'll I'll you know I'll take that moment. Then that's usually how I unwind at the end of my day. I'm gonna let go. But more recently, a few months ago, before this all hit, I was like, I'm going to listen to Alyssa's podcast because it's great. <laughs> so you were kind of like in bed with me nightly under my pillow. <laughs> and there was one episode. <laughs> there was one episode that I, I listened to about four times because I kept falling asleep. And I'm, there's no disrespect. I don't mean it like it was boring, but I was tired. So I couldn't get through the whole episode. <laughs> so in the morning I'd go, oh, I remember the beginning. And then I'd play it back. <laughs> listen again I know I know deeply the experience you're describing (laughs) yeah and I have to tell you Lee when I first decided to start the podcast which actually was well before I actually launched it as is often the case but when I first launched this podcast I I just didn't think about being under a British pillow (laughs) I'm so that's where you were on my phone under my pillow my pillow you know because I don't (laughs) I figured the pillow stops the radiation poisoning or whatever it's supposed to do that's bad. So <laughs> the pillow's there. Put my phone in my nightstand. Exactly. I know from- what you mean. I'm like, hopefully this drawer will keep me from getting <laughs> terrible radiation. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Maybe mobile phones are better these days. But, you know, I keep the phone at a reasonable distance. I can I hear you know. through the pillow. And uh, and your guests have been amazing as well. I think you talk to some fascinating people about all sorts of different things. Um, that, but, but ultimately... Um, you're all coming from a great place. And I think that's what comes across. And this, uh, this, I don't know how to describe your method with your, you know, the, the checking in with yourself. Do you yeah. want to, do you want to talk yeah. a little so bit about the that? Voice body connection process yes. and we can talk the listeners through it right now. Okay. Go briefly. So one way to describe the voice body connection process is if someone asks, how are you feeling? The most rote answer that often we give is like, fine, good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So how are you actually feeling? There's multiple layers to feeling. One layer of feeling is sensation, like what's actually physically happening in your body. Another layer is the thought around it, which you, the most relevant thought is the stimulus that's caused a feeling. The next layer of what could be called a feeling is our emotions. And then also we could call our desires part of our feelings. Like, this is what I want. So I just, the process is to ask those things separately in that order. What is the strongest sensation I feel in my body right now? Um, for me, actually, the strongest sensation I'm feeling is a little bit of vocal fatigue appropriately. I've actually been talking and using my voice a lot this week. So I'm like, oh, it's Friday. I'm going to wind down. Then I could ask, what's the stimulus? I just answered it. I've been using my voice a lot this week. What are my emotions about that? My emotions are um, pretty neutral, actually. At this point, like that's, I'm like, okay, good to notice it. And um, sometimes there's a quality that comes up for me of resignation, like I surrender to that. Yes. Um, And my desire is to be sure that I do a little bit of what I would actually call a cool down after we finish speaking um, so that I don't you know, leave the quality of fatigue hanging around. So that's the voice body connection process. And, it, and it's really just a way to answer how you feel. And then the final steps we kind of just did inherently together, which is that I'm being present with you. Yeah. I'm expressing myself and in doing so we are communicating back and forth. So it's a, it's just a really cool way of looking at it all and bringing people into them, 
themselves, isn't it? And I think brilliant, yeah. good for you. It's amazing. So uh, yeah, keep going with it. Keep going. <laughs> no, no question. I will. I promise. And also, if anyone wants to understand more deeply what I just described, I just recently released a free online course. It's like a little mini course that explains the whole thing. So if you go to the homepage of voicebodyconnection.com, you can sign up for the Find Your Voice, Speak Your Truth mini course there, and it'll explain everything to you that I just said. Oh, that's incredible. Well, I'll make sure I put a link that a link that in our show notes. And thank, uh, you. thank you so, so much for your time today. You can go and get some rest. Uh, what you I do- will. I will do my cool down. Yeah. What are you doing with the rest of your day? Is it because it's midday there-ish? Well, one o'clock now, I guess. I actually have, um, okay, this is so fun. I have a past life regression therapist. <gasps> oh my gosh, that sounds incredible. No, I'm going to want to keep you on the line. You shouldn't have told me this. Okay. <laughs> oh, so amazing. I have a past life regression session this afternoon. Oh, that's how I'm spending wow. my afternoon. Are you recording that? <laughs> Not for anyone besides me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> have you done it before? Yeah, we have a, wow. a whole package. I'm, I, we have six sessions over six months. Oh my gosh. But I think the reason I will, if this, if this is being shared with everyone, the, I'll, the reason I'll say this is because, you know, and this goes for everything we've said this whole time. Stuff like that is like very esoteric, very woo woo, whatever we want to think of it as. As the world is changing right now, I'm like, let's just be unabashed about our woo woo-ness because it's real. It's yeah. real stuff. Like I'm, I'm uncovering who knows, like I'm uncovering layers of my own understanding of who I am as a vibration being on the planet by doing this work. So oh. whatever lights you up, Reiki, yeah. yoga, um, talking to your ancestors, like do it. I'm into all that. Me too. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I'd love to hear how you get on because mm. it's something I've, um, was interested in in my youth but I won't go there because I'll just end up talking for another hour and I could quite easily I'd love to um talk more um and I do hope to get back to New York and maybe come see you when I'm there because I was coming in June I was coming in June wasn't I and then it all got cancelled because of this so and we were coming in September too and that's been cancelled as well now so oh we shall we shall get back we'll see each other in 2021 we'll make yeah we'll make it happen go see a show in broadway together or something it'd be amazing that sounds good oh well you take care enjoy the rest of your day enjoy your session that sounds incredible thanks lee thank you so much for your time today Lisa. i've loved every moment my pleasure thank you so much for having me i'll get you back under my pillow as soon as i can okay (laughs) (laughs) love it okay darling take care thank you thank you for joining me on the vocal freedom podcast I hope you've enjoyed the episode and we'll move into your day with a bit more vocal freedom, feeling that you can express using your voice and let the world hear what you have to say. Visit colchestervoiceacademy.com forward slash podcast. Sign up to be kept informed as new episodes are published and consider joining our online community. Membership to this will allow you to post questions to our guests link you to show notes, social media links, and entitle you to exclusive offers from our guests. See you next time.